0: Well, Happy New Year, (laughs) a new year, a new decade, and uh, I think this message is appropriate for starting a year, for starting a new season, for stepping into the new and doing it together. It's a time of year when many people uh, have made New Year's resolutions and set goals and had all kinds of different priorities for this year, but it's my conviction, our conviction, That the greatest pursuit of them all, the greatest goal that we could have, the thing that far surpasses everything else is this one simple, powerful, lifelong endeavor, which is to know Christ and to make him known. That's the title of our message to kick off 2020, to kick off a new decade, to know Christ and to make him known. It also happens to be the vision of our church That's what it's all about for us. Ultimately, it's all about Jesus, knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. I think it's the true call of every disciple. And for us, that looks like following Jesus. It looks like thriving in community and then ultimately making a difference, both personally and collectively. You know, I want to go this morning to Mark chapter 3 for a moment. Mark 3 14 and 15 speaks to the essence of this beautiful kingdom, eternal both end, knowing Christ and making him known. Mark three fourteen says he, speaking of Jesus, says he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. He calls these disciples, and the Bible's very quick, to mention the both-end mission for which he called them. He, he appointed the 12 yeah. that they might do two things, that they might be with him and that he would send them out to preach and to paraphrase, to do all kinds of other miracles as well. Be with him and to be sent out, to know Christ and also to make him known. It's a both-end We've all been invited into this same invitation that the first disciples received. We, in turn, received received this invitation to know Christ. He said in another passage, he's speaking to some fishermen, says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come, be with me and be sent out to preach know Christ and make him known. We, We have this invitation. This could be the year, 2020. This could be the year that you more than ever would come to know Christ, to know the Father, to know His presence, know His goodness, know His power, experience the transformation of God in your life. And out of that, this can be the year that we make the greatest difference we've ever made. And by that, I don't just mean us collectively, amen to that, amen to vision, amen to church planning, amen to missions, and to having an impact together on the cities where God calls us. But what about you personally? Your impact this year, your calling this year, what God is doing through you to make Christ known in your world, in your workplace, your school, your block, your neighborhood, and the places where God calls you. You know, as we begin this year, it's become our tradition, our habit, every January to set aside some days for prayer and for fasting. In other words, to start the year on the right foot, (laughs) to start our year as we intend to continue it, seeking God, putting Him first. And so tomorrow, 6th of January, we begin 21 days of prayer and fasting, together as a church, and we're inviting you into that. And the message today is hopefully going to equip you, maybe encourage you, even inspire you in some ways to be a part of that, to find your place in that as it's both individual and collective, as we are seeking God individually, but that knowledge, that knowledge, that Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of others are doing that very same thing. 21 days that begins tomorrow and leads all the way up to the last day is Vision Sunday. The last Sunday of January, where every year we celebrate our birthday as a church, that this year we will turn nine. (laughs) Isn't that cool? Nine years since that January in 2011, when we began weekly services as a church, not so far from here in downtown Manhattan, and on it has gone from there. See, through fasting and through prayer, the Holy Spirit brings transformation in our lives and ignites our faith. And it probably is important for me, before I get too much further into this, to back it up just a little and just for a minute, what is fasting and what is prayer? I have this sense as we call people into it that for some of us, it's completely unfamiliar. Yeah. And for others, frankly, it has a bit of baggage attached. Sounds maybe a little scary or intimidating, and uh, I think it's helpful just to take a couple minutes to explain what prayer and fasting is, and actually also what it isn't, because for instance, one of the things that prayer and fasting is not, prayer and fasting is not intermittent fasting to lose weight. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad goal if that's what you want to do this year, but that's not the same thing. It's not like, oh, good, like a spiritual reason to go on a diet. No, it's not exactly what's happening here. It's not, it's not yeah. fasting for the, the purpose of the physical health benefits, although that's undoubtedly true. Science has proven that, in fact, God's design for us Has a physical benefit as well, but that's a byproduct. It's not the goal, amen? What is it? Instead, it's, yes, abstaining from food and drink for a period of time. But for what purpose? It's to replace that time, that attention, that energy, that that appetite, actually, with hunger for God. Prayer being in his presence, those things that so easily consume us as we consume them, those things that easily take up our day, to take each of those moments as we pray, as we fast, to to seek after God. But I will say this, is that the fasting is not limited to food. There's other things that you can fast. For some, it'll be, you know, what consumes even more than food is social media. So that might be a thing to fast, or maybe it's particular types of food, or maybe it's a meal a day. There's different things that people could fast. In fact, frankly, for some, if you're pregnant or if you have a, let's say, if you have a difficult relationship with food and how you feel about yourself, it actually might be, bring it before God. The wisest thing might not be fasting food, but fasting something else. The substance is not the thing. The thing is seeking God. Prayer and fasting, secondly, is not a religious practice to earn God's approval. That's how some people approach this. Oh, you know, if I fast, God will love me. Okay, that's heresy. This isn't, you know, what do they call it? Self flagellation. This is not beating myself up. What a terrible word that is. This is not beating myself up in order to earn God's approval. You have God's approval, and not thanks to anything that you did, thanks to the blood of Jesus. There's nothing you can do to make Him love you any more than He already does. So it's not about that. But. It's a commitment to spend time with God, a means of seeking God. And the goal is not God's approval, it's relationship. It's connection, heart connection with God, knowing Him more, going deeper. One more thing that prayer and fasting is not, fasting is not one size fits all. I kind of already alluded to that, but the reality is, is that if you join us in this, and I really pray that you do. Is that your time of fasting might look very different to the person sitting right next to you. And that's okay. Because ultimately, I believe what it is, prayer and fasting, ought to be led by the Holy Spirit. So it ought not to be led by other people's expectations. It ought not to be like, you know, just copying what somebody else is doing or even repeating what you've perhaps done in the past, if you've done this before. Let's be led by the Holy Spirit. Some people are gonna. Perhaps fast a meal a day or sun up to sundown. Some people will do what they call a Daniel fast. And, and there's all kinds of resources on the website. If you go to libertychurch.com slash 21 days, you'll see information about different types of fast that you can do. You'll see you know, Bible reading plans that you can read along these next 21 days. You'll see books and podcasts that we would recommend. There's all kinds of resources in order that you could bring it before God and simply say, Holy Spirit, What would you have me do? That's what it looks like. There's the one thing I will say that is, in a sense, one size fits all, is that I believe we are all called, as followers of Jesus, to fast and pray. How? What that looks like? Well, that's different from person to person, frankly, from season to season. But we are all called to be people who fast and pray. There's a passage where Jesus challenges the people not to be like what he calls the hypocrites, And Jesus says, you know, when you give, don't make a big fuss about it, to paraphrase. Don't give so everybody notices. Otherwise, you've received your reward in full, he says. In the same passage, he talks about both prayer and fasting. And in both cases, he says, hey, when you pray, don't stand on the street corner (laughs) so that everybody hears you, in which case you've received your reward in full. When he talks about fasting, he says this in Matthew 6, verse 16 18, he says, when you fast, don't look somber, as the hypocrites do, they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting, right? They're making a big song and dance out of it. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. So it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who's unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Yeah. Now, there's one important word repeated twice. And it's the word when. When. When you fast, when you pray. Do you notice Jesus does not say if you fast or if you pray. Wow. So I do believe we're all called into this. Jesus is saying, hey, when you fast, right? Yeah. There's, a, there's an assumption, presupposition in his statement to us. When you fast, just do it for the right reason. Do it with the right heart. Do it with the right motive in order that your reward would be from heaven and not from earth, amen? Don't be like the hypocrites. Let's be heroes in the unseen, not just the big show. What's the saying? If a tree falls in the woods and no one's around, does it make a sound? I kind of feel like today's parallel for that for a lot of Christians would be if a Christian has a devotional time and doesn't post it on Instagram, did it really happen? Don't you feel like that's kind of like kind of what's happening today? Like, are we able, are we able to do these things without, you know what I mean, spending most of the time on the filter and cropping it just right? And then the, the very cleverly crafted statement to capture that moment that I mostly spent with Instagram. <laughs> so when we fast and pray, too soon, too close to the bone, that'll right? Okay. When we fast and pray, four things happen if you're taking notes. When we pray and fast, number one, our attention turns to God. This is so good. This is good for all of us. Our attention turns to God when we fast and when we pray. In other words, we get our eyes off ourselves. We get our eyes off our circumstances and back onto our good God. That's a powerful enough reason to do it just all on its own. Kevin Sultani said, we are a culture of abundance that indulges and abusers. Fasting is a means of God's grace to embrace something greater than our appetites. Isn't that a good statement? A means of embracing something greater than our appetites. We elevate above the flesh. Andrew Murray said, prayer is reaching out after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of all that is seen and temporal. Fasting helps express, deepen, and confirm the resolution that we're ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. The writer of First Chronicles put it this way in chapter 16, verse 11. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. What a powerful thing it would be For you these next 21 days to very intentionally, constantly, continually actually as the writer here says, search for the Lord and listen for his strength. I don't know about you, I need the Lord's strength. I'm more aware than I've ever been that I can't do anything without him. That I need the Lord's strength this year. The second thing that happens when we pray and fast is that we receive from God. First our attention turns to him and then Secondly, we receive from God. You know, Jesus said in, in one instance, he says, you, you know, you have not because you ask not. I wonder if I pray with expectation that God is not only listening, but he's also answering. <laughs> or would I be surprised <laughs> by God answering? Do I pray empty prayers as if I'm just praying to the sky? No, I'm, I'm praying to a loving, present heavenly father. Jesus said in Mark 11:24 he says I tell you you can pray for anything and if you believe you've received it it will be yours. In other words, it's all about belief. It's about faith, it's about being fully present, intentional in our prayer and engaging with God. Many many years ago, John Wesley said this. I like this. John Wesley said, "Bear up, bear up the hands that hang down by faith and prayer." Support the tottering knees. Have you any days of fasting and prayer? Storm the throne of grace and persevere therein, and mercy will come down. Beautiful, amen? We receive from God when we fast and pray. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit gives us direction. We encounter God, we turn our attention to him, we receive from him, but also the Holy Spirit gives us direction. I need the wisdom, leading, direction, clarity of God stepping into this year, and so do you. As you step into 2020 and all that holds, don't you need more than ever the direction of God? I think of that promise that says that it's it's in his heart a man plans his way, but it's the Lord who directs his or her steps. Amen? Amen. I need the Lord to direct my steps this year. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. John sixteen thirteen, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. In other words, this is a journey of truth, an unfolding revelation of truth. And he says, he will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Yeah. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's revealing the path, revealing the steps, In case you haven't noticed, the day you give your life to Jesus, you don't get the 200-page you know, step-by-step plan for everything from here until you walk one day into his glorious presence on the other side. No, it's a journey of faith, a journey of discovery. And the fourth thing that happens when we pray and fast is the impossible becomes possible. The impossible becomes possible. I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, but I was in the middle of this time of prayer and fasting, and true confessions, over the years, I'd had a fairly mediocre approach to prayer and fasting. I, I, for all the wrong reasons, had chosen to fast things that were not particularly inconvenient to me. I was intimidated by the idea of like an all-out fast. So a few years back, I think it was a year before last, I got serious. I was like, listen, I got to get serious about this. And I did like a full water fast for the f- first week and then a liquid fast for 21 days. But I tell you, I was not prepared for what a uh, grumpy human I was going to become. I had heard that, you know, that it could affect you, but I just, you know, I was still kind of a rookie, which is scary. And uh, so I was grumpy. I had headaches. I was just trying to be a nice person. That was about as well as it was going for me. It was like not scare the children, um, and I remember like several days into it, I had this kind of dialogue, I thought, with myself, but it turns out, as is always the case, the Holy Spirit was listening. And, uh, and I, I, I said to myself, to myself, I said, I said, I'm not getting anything done. That's what I thought. I went to, like, I was thinking, how can I be productive? Like, I can't, I can't, I can't finish my sentences. I can't think coherent thoughts anymore. Like, who am I? I'm an angry person. And uh, I'm not getting anything done. And as quick as anything, the Holy Spirit rebukes me. He says, you're getting less done in the natural, but more done in the supernatural. Which do you think has the bigger impact? (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Back to it then. Ah, I had that realization, like, who am I kidding? That it's my getting to the end of my emails or having the right agenda or all my brilliant thoughts that are, right? Really the thing that is necessary in this moment. Don't I need the power of God? Don't I need impossible things? to happen, that happens through fasting and through prayer. In fact, there was an instance when the disciples had been called upon to cast out a demon and they couldn't do it. It's found in Mark chapter nine. And when Jesus arrives on the scene, of course, he casts out the, the demon and then they pull him aside and they said in verse 28 of Mark nine, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This is gonna be impossible unless... You pray and you fast. So let's talk about some prayers that we could be praying these next 21 days. Some prayers, first toward knowing Christ, and second toward making Him known. Powerful prayers to know Christ more. Here's one I would offer to you simple prayers. One would be, Jesus, reveal to me who you are. That'd be a good prayer to sit on these next 21 days. Jesus. Reveal to me who you are. You know, there's always more to discover about Jesus. And actually, we we would do well not to tell ourselves that we've figured Jesus out. (laughs) Because there's always more. Even if you've read the Bible from cover to cover, even if you follow Jesus for many years, we never get to the end of discovering all that he is. I'll give you an example. In my life, I've been following Jesus many years. But, you know, right about 30 years now. But it's only really been these last handful of years that I've started to discover the kindness of God. I think I had a lot of revelation in my early years of the power of God, the majesty of God, the might. God is all-knowing, all-powerful everywhere. I I had a revelation of this powerful God. And that's not wrong, that's right. But it's like a diamond has many facets, right? Many ways of looking at it many ways that it reflect glory and, and beauty. God's like that. And, and we can't say he is just this one thing. God is all of this. Yeah. And I started to realize the kindness of God, the goodness of God, that he's not only powerful, but he's present. That he's not only glorious, but that he's kind. Yeah. Deuteronomy four nineteen says, if from there you seek the Lord your God, listen, you will seek him, sorry, you will find him, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, it's about being all in, amen, in our pursuit of God Jesus. Reveal who you are. Here's a second prayer that you could consider praying. What if we spent these 21 days saying, God, what is your will? What's your will? I spent a lot of time focused on my will. Anybody else? My plans, my ideas. On some level, hoping God's just gonna bless my will. You know, He's gonna be like the genie that does my will. No, 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 no. How powerful for me to press in and say, God, enough of me. Enough of my ideas. God, what is your will? See, even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, faced with the cross, says, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Even Jesus himself, Son of God, submits to the will of the Father. And aren't we all grateful that he did? God, what's your will? Here's a third prayer you could pray. Jesus, make me more like you. What a powerful thing that would be if we spent this time together praying, Jesus, make me more like you. You see, it is a work of God to transform us from the inside out. One of the most famous missionaries of all time is a man called Hudson Taylor, who went to China. And uh, this was one of the statements that he made, I thought was so relevant to this thought. He said, In Shanxi, I found Chinese Christians who were accustomed to spend time in fasting and prayer, and they recognized that this fasting, which so many dislike, requires faith in God since it makes one feel weak and poorly is really a divinely appointed means of grace. Perhaps the greatest hindrance to our work is our own imagined strength. That's a good thought. The greatest hindrance to our work is our own imagined strength. And in fasting, we learn what poor, weak creatures we are, dependent on a meal of meat for the little strength on which we are so apt to lean." What a good thought that is. We're so apt to lean on our strength, which we soon discover goes away just skipping a meal. (laughs) Instead of leaning on the never-ending, unfailing, eternal power and love of God. I wanna be more like Jesus. Paul writes to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians 5, and he says, be imitators of God. Verse one, in everything you do, for then you will represent your father, as his beloved sons and daughters, as we continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God like an aroma of adoration, a sweet sweet healing fragrance. Imitators of God, Paul calls it, to be imitators of God, more like him. We'll make Christ known. What about some prayers out of this knowing Christ, then, to make Christ known? I want to spend a moment on this because I think particularly with endeavors like prayer and fasting, there is an inherent tension in this moment where it's easy to make prayer and fasting, ironically, kind of about ourselves, And, of course, it is a private and, in that way, a personal pursuit. But there is a both-end calling, which we started this message with, which is to be with him and to be sent out to preach, as he wrote in Mark 3, or to know Christ and to make him known. And actually, I would venture so far as to say that I think something is broken in our faith. If our pursuit of knowing Christ doesn't, I mean, almost... Automatically, seamlessly, invisibly, inseparably, that knowing Christ ought to just result in making Him known. Yet, our modern Christianity often really separates these two things that we make our following Jesus a very personal, private, almost secret endeavor. Never to spill into our public square, never to spill into our relationships, perhaps for modern reasons like being politically correct or not wanting to offend anyone or not wanting to cross a boundary. And yet the reality is I believe that these two things are like breathing in and breathing out, breathing in and breathing out, knowing Christ and making him known. Here's a few prayers you could consider as we spend these days desiring to make Christ known this year. First would be, Holy Spirit, give me boldness and opportunity to share the gospel. Boldness and opportunity. My experience, if I'm honest, is that I mostly lack the boldness, not the opportunity. I don't know if that's true of everyone in here, but I think perhaps more than I care to admit, opportunity tends to be around me just about every day. But either the boldness or sometimes also the awareness just isn't there. I'm in my own lane, thinking about my own thing, thinking about what's next, head down. And all around me lies opportunity. If I would just be present to the work of the Holy Spirit and engaged, engaged. Boldness to share the gospel. That's what Jesus had foretold. We said when he asked the disciples as he was ascending, he called on them to wait. And they did it in in an upper room on the edge of Jerusalem. They waited in an upper room to pray. And then the, the Bible records on the day of Pentecost how the Holy Spirit came, filled them with power. There was tongues of fire on every head. Every person from all the nations was visiting Jerusalem for the festival. And they heard the people speaking in their own language. So the Holy Spirit, by the way, had made them more relevant, not less relevant. That's a thought. But Jesus had said that you're gonna receive power to do what? To be my witnesses. You're gonna receive power, but power with a purpose, amen? And the power was not only about them. The power wasn't just for goosebumps or chicken skin, as they call it in Africa. (laughs) It wasn't just for cool experiences that I could have personally with the Holy Spirit. Amen to all of that. But it was also an outward purpose. Power to be witnesses, and and he says in Jerusalem, that's where it starts, but also in Judea, in in Samaria. That's a region they had a difficult relationship with And, and to the outermost parts of the earth. That's you and I. We still feel the ripple effect of that centuries later. Boldness and opportunity to share the gospel. Second prayer would be, Lord, bring salvation to my friends, my family, my community. You know, I've, I've been writing a list of names, people that I know, friends, loved ones, people in my world that I'm going to be praying for by name every day for the next 21 days. Yeah. Of course, they're all at different places and facing different things, and, but by and large, most of them, as far as I know, even though I'm in their world, as far as I know or can tell, they don't yet have a saving relationship with Jesus. That's what I'm praying for that they would have an encounter with the gospel, the good news of Jesus, like I've had, and experience hope and joy and purpose and forgiveness like I've experienced. I'm gonna be praying for them, not content just to do life with them or alongside them, but pray, God, would you encounter them, with or without me, but God, I'm standing in the gap for them. I'm praying, I'm coming before the throne for them. God, would you encounter their lives? Would you do miracles in them? And God, if it's your will, could you, could you orchestrate an opportunity for me to be a part of God conversations, crucial moments that could change it all? Matthew 9, verse 37, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, another translation says, the workers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. That's all I need to be, is willing to be a laborer. A worker, not an expert, not a preacher. I don't have to be world-changing evangelist. I just need to be ready to be a worker. Roll up my sleeves, God, use me. We are all qualified, amen, to be sent out into the harvest. And last prayer that I would suggest is this. Number three, use me to bring justice and hope to others. There's another way that we can make Him known. We can share our testimony, share our faith. We can also make sure that our deeds match our words. Amen? In Isaiah 58, the Lord challenged the children of Israel. In verse six, he says, is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then... Your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk. So there's a sense that this time, pra- and time of prayer and fasting is also to be a time of justice, Amen of generosity, of kindness, random acts of kindness, perhaps. But let's be people who not only say good words, but who live with good deeds. You know, I mean, one of my favorite scriptures, let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good deeds. Glorify your Father who is in heaven. To put a point on it, before I pray and invite JR to come, I want to invite you to join us tomorrow. I mean, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people across all the cities where liberty gathers, from San Francisco to Manzini, from London to St. Pete and New York. We're going to be praying together, fasting together, seeking God together. There's power in that unity. And I would like to ask you today, To join us in that tomorrow, and if you haven't already, here's a very practical thing you can do. To commit your way to him, commit a step of action is, can we one more time put those 21 days instructions up on the screen, and I wanna encourage you, here and now, not to delay, but to text that number or get out your phone, activate your camera, capture that little QR code, takes you 10 seconds to do so we can resource you, so we know we can count on you, walk with you as we together these next 21 days, seek God. As we pray, as we fast, I want to encourage you to actually do something to start this year right, amen? Start this year in strength. Frankly, start this year in Him. God, we're so grateful that even more than we desire to know you, you desire to be known. Even more than we desire to seek you, you, God, desire to be found. You're good, you're present, you're not distant, you here even right here, right now in this moment, we just still ourselves, our minds, the distractions of the day, all the things that are going on, to acknowledge you, the lover of our soul.. Hmm. Father, I pray as we step into this year, let 2020 be, As you've been speaking to me, let 2020 be the year of harvest. As we seek you, as we pray these next 21 days, let it be that beautiful both end, both to know Christ, but also more than ever this year, to make him known. God, we fast not just for ourselves, but we fast for everyone We know and love that needs an encounter with a living God to change it all in Jesus' name.